Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Cook, and we have a great show today. Reading is Fundamental, and it's another children's author discussion. And uh, we've been so successful meeting new people that are writing children's books, and so we're having two people on that have been on before, Cindy McDonald and Rich Linville, and we'll be discussing um, so many issues for children and the books and the audio books. There's a lot we're going to talk about, but first I think I'll give a few messages. Okay, next week, another children's show, um, and it's it's – Two new authors, and um, one, I'm probably going to say his name wrong, but her name too, but Karen Vardaman and Philip Damanani, uh, Popcat. And um, both of them have really good children's books, and they're first-time children's book authors, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we have two authors that are not new authors today, and but we're going to talk about um, a lot of things and marketing, so I should say that uh, Southern Owl Publication and Owl um, and Pussycat are very, very helpful to, because uh, a lot of people that I've known for years, they're, they're actually seeing all my posts now because I'm posting, they're posting, and both groups have been doing a tremendous amount to publicize my other my children's books, my memoir of um, Sayla Lewis, Holocaust Survivor, and my other books, which are a romance and a drama. And so it's going to, you know, you need all of this. We'll talk about that, but they've been really helpful, and um, Storytime has done a lot of my banners. Uh, we will be talking about some of that because it's really important to get your you cannot always be posting i mean i was just mentioning to cindy before that i've been posting along with them plus for my shows so it does matter because people are coming up to me actually and saying i saw your post which is really good because i always did post but now i have everybody else posting too and so it's really helpful and very affordable so and then actually Crystal from uh, Southern Owl will be on in a uh, week or so. Um, her and Genevieve they are going to be talking about their company and what they can do for you. And then I also have Rachel Rubin coming on, who I've known for years, but not known. She's with Red River, and uh, she's going to be talking about blogging and so many different 
uh, blogs that she has that are really going to be helpful to writers, and she'll be on on the seventh. Is it yeah, seventh of May? I can't believe we're going to be done with April soon. And actually, now I know she has a lot of things because I started to print everything, and then I think I printed like eighty pages, so I didn't realize it was going to be that much. But so we'll have a good show talking about that. And okay, I'm going to let uh, Cindy and Rich tell you all about themselves. So we're going to go on. Okay, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Yes. Hi, how are you nice doing? Nice to hear you again. I know it's been a while, but it's, you know, you've been on several times, and this is going to be a fun show. So tell everybody what you do. You do a lot of different things. Well, I started writing. I published my first book in 2011, and um, it was a murder suspense series called Unbridled. There were five books to the series. I went on to write a romantic suspense series, uh, Black Ops, uh, the first four series. Presently, there are five books to that series. Um, then I went on and wrote three children's books, the George the Pony books about a pony who lived here on our farm. His name was George. And he was the most cantankerous, orneriest little pony. And he used to <laughs> boss our big, huge – I live on a thoroughbred farm – and they, he would just boss those thoroughbreds around, and I watched him in the pasture, and I thought, you know, he's just a little bully, that little snot is. And so I started writing stories about what George did because he was out there telling me a story. And I wrote three books, uh, George the Boss, George Goes to Camp, which is a diversity book. He goes to a pony camp, and there's a donkey there, and donkeys don't belong at pony camp, so it's learning to accept others for who they are. And then George Turns Green, which the, um, the message is, hey, get your jealousy in check. And I have found that these books have become children's standards. They love George, and George, like I said, he's a real pony, no longer lives on my farm. He now lives on a place called Blue Ribbon Farm in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, and kids come visit him all the time. And, and the man who owns Blue Ribbon told me every single one of the, those kids come there knowing who George is before they even get there. So that's pretty good. And then I write, of course, the Fiona Quinn mysteries, which um, I have written for anybody from age 10 to 110. Anybody can read the Fiona Quinn. That's a good, and that's good. That's what you, you know, that's what you need these days, because you don't know, I mean, the audiences, we don't even know what the audience is, because we all have, you know, we're all putting ourselves in categories, but other people are missing them. So that's, that's tough. That's very tough for authors now. We'll talk about that a little more, because that is an issue for authors. Um, and I, I listened to your book today. I listened to your book and I listened to Rich's book today because I wanted to hear them on audio, you know. And so we'll talk a little bit about that because my five books for children are on audio, and I think it's really important. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, Rich, how are you? Fine, doing real well. I'm glad that you came on. And um, I met you a couple months ago online. You have a wonderful page on Facebook, and you can talk about that in a little too because um, there are so many children's authors out there, which is one of the reasons I started doing the children's shows again because I'm seeing all these authors and these first-time authors and seasoned authors, and they need some help out there. And so that's why the shows are going to be talking about reading, how important it is. And so tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I um, started teaching in 1968. 
um, in a small uh, school, uh, enjoyed teaching for 48 years, and then I retired, and my wife said to me, you're bored, honey, and I go, yes, dear. <laughs> she said, call your granddaughter and ask her what kind of books she likes. You've been telling stories for 48 years. You might as well yeah. write them. That's right. So in 2016, I, I called my granddaughter, and she said she liked unicorn jokes. So my one of my first books was Unicorn Jokes for Kids. And then I, she, my grandson likes fables, and my granddaughter um, was in ancient Egypt. She loves ancient Egypt. And then after a while, I, I began to realize that um, not only books for kids, but also books for adults in terms of uh, growth mindset for, for kids that adults can share with kids because research shows that the kids that are successful are the ones that have a growth mindset, that they are that the, um, the ones that take the risk, the ones that are willing to make mistakes and uh, say it's okay to make a mistake and there's nothing wrong with making a mistake. That growth mindset is uh, what many successful people have. And so if you can get the kids to have a growth mindset, and that's what I dealt with as a teacher, the kid who says, um, I'm, I, I'm lousy in math or I hate math. And I said, well, you can hate math. You just have to see a pattern. What pattern? There's no pattern. I said, yes, sir. C, A plus B equals B plus A. 4 plus 3 equals 3 plus 4. Oh, I get that, but I still hate math. I said, you can hate it. Just realize that, that it's important to learn for some jobs you might have, but you just have to see the pattern. And so kids... I, as a teacher, I dealt with a growth mindset for 48 years. Even when I taught high school and college, there were the kids that said, I, I can't do this. And I said, yes, you can. Oh, it's too hard. No, it's not. You just have to see the pattern. Once you see that, you'll be fine. And um, the different ways that students learn, I, I soon learned after I first started teaching that there are some kids that learn by listening. They don't learn by reading a book. Right. And I had a girl who was... Um, absent for a week and she had straight A's and uh, she comes back and she's, I said, are you ready to take the, the, the test? And she says, yes, I'm ready. She took the test and she plunked it. She'd been in the hospital and I said, did you read the, the chapter? And she says, I read it three times. I said, wait, you're in band, you're in chorus, um, you love to sing, you play a musical instrument. Uh, I, I think you learn by listening. She says, what's that? And I said, that means that you have to hear me talk. When you hear me talk, that's how you learn, and that's right. why you did do well on the test. You're an auditory uh, learner. Oh, is yeah. that what I am? <laughs> so I realized that yeah. there are four different ways that kids learn, One, or actually basically three, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, where you need the Lego toys for them to build things and to become the engineers, where one of my students that was always building Legos is now an engineer, and the parents are so proud of him. Um, because he, he, he hated school. He didn't like school as such, except that he loved, to, in my class, to work on the Legos uh, and to build things. And, and I kept telling the parents, just keep buying Legos for him and, and uh, have him get creative and, and build things because he can think three-dimensionally. Yeah. And yeah. so those are the kinds of things I found in my teaching. And I've written, since 2016, I've written 80 children's books and sports <laughs> and adults. Amazing. And I've written... Uh, uh, yep. 50 audiobooks. I've published 50 audiobooks. Wow. So 
I'm still having fun, and I'm enjoying doing it. Yeah, I do, you know what? I, I listen to your books, you know, your books also. And, you know, um, Cindy, uh, both of you could ask each other questions. If you have a question, just, you know, feel free to ask each other questions. And, you know, but I, I was talking to Cindy a few seconds ago before we got on the show, and we were talking about audio books. And, you know, and I know that um, all three of us have audio books out there, so um, – Cindy, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that or ask Rich something? I mean, because we all have them, and, you know, certainly that you just said how kids listen, Rich. I mean, that it's. I think parents are missing something by not understanding the fact that maybe if they let their kids listen, they might, you know, do better, you know, as far as even reading if they look at the book. So, Cindy, anything to say about this, which I know you do? <laughs> Well, uh, I have all three of the the George books are on um, audio, and the narrator, of course, is the wonderful Kevin Iggins, whose voice is extremely smooth. Uh, Much like Rich Linville's voice, I think he has a very smooth voice, Rich. Very nice. (laughs) Rich, do you narrate your own I also have Kevin. Kevin has done some of my books Uh, also, right. I've learned to have fun picking different narrators. Unless I have a particular okay. story that a certain narrator I think will do well, I usually listen to uh, oh, 15 or 20 or maybe more narrators, and then I'll sit down with my wife and we'll narrow it down to about three or four, and then I'll say to my wife, okay, honey, which one do you like the best? And she says, I like yeah. that one the best. And I says, okay, that's what we're going for, because she's the artist, she's she's the painter, she She's she's the um, uh, one that picks the the one that that yes is just perfect you know today. She well, I think one you have a about... very Mr. Rogers voice. Yeah. I think you should be <laughs> narrating, buddy, because you have a Mr. Rogers voice. If I, I ever heard I one, I but know. Um, <laughs> you know, I I told you know I I talked does. about you know, I've she talked does. about him on my other shows because um, I told you it's a very. <laughs> Soothing voice, you know, and the thing is, is that that's so important, you know. And some of the le- things important. you said, a lot of children oh, yeah, need think, soothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But you know, if they if they listen to the books, a lot of times, you know, children don't like to read. Um, there's children yes. out here that they just don't simply don't like to read, but they do <laughs> like to be read too. And, right. and, exactly. and you know. Um, I find myself even because I'm getting older. I'm I'm not 60 yet, but I think from all of the writing that I have done, um, my eyes are getting a little funny. So I've I've I found myself listening to books far more often than I read them, just because it, it's it's better for my eyes if I listen. If I just use a different part of my body, um, yeah. But. Uh, for children, listening to books can be can be very soothing and um, and good. And yes. uh, you know, sometimes they get the story maybe even a little better if it, if they listen to it that rather than they li- read it themselves. You know. Now, if you, of course, whenever you listen to the audios, the um, animation, of course, isn't there. So you need to have the book there so that they can turn the p- pages. Along with the you know narrator. what was interesting though you know what was interesting I once uh, tried that I put the audio you know the audio book on and I only had the cover of the book on and the child uh-huh. that was listening didn't seem to care that there were no other and I kept thinking oh is he going to just say that he doesn't want to hear it anymore but he listened to the entire story it was my uh, snack attack and he only looked at the cover. 
and he was listening. So I, I, I wanted to see if he missed the pictures, and he didn't, which is really oh, yeah, interesting. The skills, cover was enough. Listening skills, you know, are, very, and, yeah, listening yeah. skills are very important in school. Yeah, and, yeah. and students, a lot of students that read uh, don't have listening skills. They have reading skills, but yeah. they don't have listening skills. And teachers yeah. need to work with listening skills. Um, when I go to a classroom, and, and I, I did two days ago, I went into a, a sixth grade classroom and I did some storytelling and interactive story and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I s- said to the kids, I said, okay, who's the story about? And they go, well, uh, and so they had to think a while. And then what happened in the story? Who, what, uh, yeah. why did it happen? And where did it happen? And when did it happen? And then you guys, what's your opinion of the story? And, and you know, most of them like the story, which is neat. Uh, some of them just raise their hand just to be raising. But it, it, it's, it's the listening skills that kids need to work on. Yeah. Yeah, see. Right. Yeah, and I think that they don't do enough of that. I think that people are expecting, you know, you people expect a lot of children now and, you know, and um you all you also see that, you know, they're on their, you know, the readers, they're on these things, but the I, the parents aren't exactly reading to the children. And so I think that going back, they they need to probably do these things because you really have to have reading skills in life. I mean, and it's, well, it's really like important. Well, like I pointed out to you before we got on air is yeah. I, I pay, I'm somebody who pays a lot of attention to people. I'm a people watcher. Yeah. Well, authors, and, um, authors do this, yeah. Yes, and well, yes, most authors do. And when I go to a restaurant, especially if it's a family-style restaurant, um, yeah. you know, you see a family of four or five, a mom, dad, two or three children, what have you, and mom and dad are very, very absorbed in their yeah. cell phone. I don't yeah. know what's on that cell phone that's so absorbing, <laughs> but boy, oh boy, they, and, they're and in that it. is wrong. And, and, it's totally and, wrong because the kids need human interaction. Kids need yeah, humans right, talking to them. And sometimes even the smallest child at that table will have a cell phone in front yeah. of them, and they're watching, I, I don't know, Paw Patrol, let's say. I don't know. But, um, right. you know, I think we need to put our phones aside and interact with each other. And at night, when my grandchildren come to, to stay with me, which each grandchild, there is a grandchild here every single night. Yeah. Tonight is Riley's turn. She sleeps <laughs> over on I... Before she get right now, we are reading a Judy Moody book. And yeah. before we go to bed, we read a chapter or two of Judy Moody. And yeah. she she cannot wait until her bath is done. She's had her bedtime snack. And we are cuddled up on that bed with our Cocker Spaniel. And she is reading Judy Moody with me. And, yeah. you know, and my Abigail stays on Wednesday nights. She reads something else. Everybody has something else that they every they all have something that they read. But I sit down and I read to and with those children. And because yeah. Riley and Abigail are first and second grade readers, um, a lot of times I will read, but I'll point out different words and make sure they are grabbing their sight words and things like that. And, they, you know, it, it works. It works. Well, I think, you know, and I think Rich wanted to talk about bullying, you know, in, in his book. And I, 
I like the fact that in your book, Rich, that you stopped it and said, let's discuss this maybe. You know what I mean? And I think You're that right. I want them to think about and discuss. That was an that interesting was thing to do in the book and have the uh, narrator do that because um, – Sometimes that works for kids, you know, and then, then because they're in that moment. So I thought that was an interesting technique to do, you know, to, you know, and just the way you did it. And, Cindy, you're talking also about bullying in the, you know, the book also. So what do we need to know about all this bullying? Because I know I have books that, uh, you know, that have – I didn't – when I wrote them, I didn't realize how many messages came across. And – in both your books, you know, there's subtle messages, and I, I, when I wrote my books, I didn't intend them as messages, just cute stories, but then from the reviews, they turned out to be messages. So I guess in a way, when all these books are subtle, it's good for kids. So, Rich, I know that you wanted to talk about bullying, so let's talk about that because it's so important now, and it's the hugest, you know, um, thing I think for children that parents really need to address this issue because sometimes you don't even know your kid is being bullied. Exactly. And when, when my first day of, of teaching, um, no matter what grade level, I'm talking um, preschool all the way through college, I would say, um, I know this is a history class or I know this is a math class or I know this is a science class, but I'm going to talk about bullying. And um, yeah. the reason I'm talking about it is because not enough people talk about it. And yeah. I said, um, I want to hear what you think and what's your opinion. And then the class discussion would be phenomenal. I mean, kids, it didn't matter what age, they would talk about um, what they thought about bullying and how they felt about it. I had one eighth grade class where um, a couple of days after talking about it, I sent somebody down to the office and the hand went up and he said, uh, Mr. Linville, um, Marty's a bully. And I said, what? I said, Marty's the smallest kid in the class. Yeah, but he's a bully. This is eighth grade. And I said, well, I said, um, I said, I can report it to the police. I can report it to administration. I can report it to parents. I can have a conference with his parents. And the kid said, it won't do any good. And in those days, uh, we had to put report to Child Protective Services. And I said, well, why, why don't you think it'll do any good? Because he does it before school, after school, at the bus stop, no matter where. Um, uh, on the weekends, it happens all the time. And he won't stop because we tried to get him to stop. And they, they, they said, well, I said, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, give us some ideas. Just tell us what to do. And I said, well, yeah. do you guys travel in groups? What do you mean? I said, never travel alone when he's around. Have always be in a group and then what well if he starts to pick on any one person you go up to him between him and that um and i don't call them um the victim because they're not a victim they're a target but, and, yeah, I, oh, and, okay. and 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 so i say just go up to the target and say uh, walk between the target and the bully and say that's not okay around here you don't do that around here and uh, so I waited a few days and sent Marty to the office again. And I said, okay, you guys, how's it going? And they said it worked. At the bus stop, Marty was picking on somebody. And we all walked up between him and, and the uh, the person, and we told him to stop. And he, he just grumbled and mumbled, and he walked away. And we said, we're not going to allow you to do that anymore. So I said, let me know throughout the year how it goes and whether he turns out okay. And so... 
um, from time to time, I would just send Marty to the office to pick up something for me and yeah. have the office hold things. And, and they would say, it's working. We, we, we're staying on top of him. He, there's nobody here that he picks on, and, and, and uh, we make sure good. that he's yeah. not doing it. So it, it was a team effort. It's a group effort. It's, a, yeah. it's attitude. They made a movie of people in um, Grand Central's, or in, in Central Park in New York, and the video showed different people walking through the park. Then they went to some um, uh, criminals that had been arrested, some muggers, and said, who would you mug? And the people that walked by the muggers would, in the movie, they would say, I wouldn't mug that person. I would mug that one. I wouldn't mug this one. I wouldn't mug that. And they looked for a pattern. And the pattern was the people with their head down, um, not paying attention, with slumped over shoulders, those are the ones that the muggers said they would mug. The people that were walking straight up with their chest out and looking Uh, around and paying attention to their environment, they said they wouldn't mug. And so there's a a lesson there in terms of, you know, if you're going to walk through Central Park, you better be careful how you walk. And and if you're going to walk through life, watch how you act with people and and what you do and what you don't do. And, And so... Uh, with me and my two sons, um, one was, I asked if he, if he was ever threatened by a bully, and his answer was, yeah, Dad, once. Um, he uh, was mad because um, but I, I got to teach my two boys when, I, when they were in eighth grade. And so I said, well, what happened? He said, well, he came up to me and says, I'm going to beat you up because your dad gave me a D in science. I said, what did you do, son? He says, Dad, I looked at him and I said, let's both go together because he gave me a D in science also. So we're both getting that. And he started laughing so much. He started laughing so much. And I said, John, will you give me his name? And he says, no, John, I'm not going to, no, no, Dad, I'm not going to give you his name. I, if, otherwise, because I, I don't want you to be mad at him. He, we became best friends after that. So yeah. as he, he lived it's with his D. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just sometimes the simple things that people can do to change things, you know, and I, I think that, you know, when parents um, are looking for books and if they see these books, you know, because if they're reading them, you know, with their children, maybe the child will then say, oh, guess what? This happened to me today or that happened to me because that's how kids are sometimes. They just don't yes, want to say yeah. things because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. They think, they think they're going to get in trouble. And I always said, you know, if somebody's yeah. bothering you, you're not the one that's going to get in trouble. They are. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Don't be quiet because they want you to be quiet. The bully wants you to keep your mouth shut and say nothing and, and to yeah. be afraid of them. I said, they, they want you to be afraid. When my youngest son was in fifth grade, he came up to me and he said, Dad, there's somebody picking on me in school. And I said, well, son, what do you want to do? I said, well, I can go talk with the parents. He said, no, it happens after school and before school. I don't think it'll do any good. I said, well, uh, nearby there is a taekwondo karate school. Do you want to go there? He said, yeah, I want to go there. And so I put both yeah. of my boys in there. I think they that's a great it. thing. Uh, you know what? Honestly, that is something they should teach in schools. I took karate for a while, and then they had children's classes. I would see them come in afterwards, and I used to say that I think it's really good mentally, and it gives them confidence. I agree. And I think it's – I don't know why they don't use that in schools, because I do think that would help a I lot. Agree. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, know. I, I, you yeah, know. Along, along with PE, just have, a, yeah. have uh, yeah. self-defense classes. 
what was neat yeah. was I, after a few days or I guess about a week of the karate class, I said, well, how's it going with the bully? And he says, he doesn't bother me, Dad, because he knows that I know how to take care of myself. I, I, I says, did you say anything? He says, no, he just knows. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, the bully can sense sometimes that you don't mess around with me. I, 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 you know, I'm, I can take care of myself. Uh, you know, I, I just think sometimes that it, it things you know the simple, easy method of teaching children can be from a book because you're not really like you know you're they're just reading it and then sometimes that sinks in a lot better than trying to explain things because they could see things and i mean cindy and the audio book that i heard you know um the way kevin did it too yes it is like not a heavy intense message it's just simple and it just comes out and the child can listen to that without you know thinking it has to be so, you know, sometimes it's too complicated for kids, you know, and you right. need to have it, it, it. It's just in the book, it's short, but it goes to right to the point. So I think right. that that's an important um, in thing In George also. Voss, I, I show you how George is bullying these big thoroughbreds. You don't yeah. have to be big to be a bully. But like yeah. you, Marsha, when I was writing George the Boss, I was simply just writing a story about the pony right. out in my pasture. Right. I was writing this for my grandchildren. Right. I did not have the intention of yeah. of writing a anti-bully book. I mean, it just wasn't yeah. my intent. And then no. when George the Boss came out, all the teachers at all the schools yeah. were using yeah. it on anti-bully yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, and it became you know, the right. anti-bully. That's a thing. Breaking right. it, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, I, I had no idea I had written one." And when I wrote the second one, George goes to camp. I had I had no intention of writing an a diversity book. I was just writing a book about you know, hey, this little donkey needed friends, and George wasn't participating, and you need to accept this other child, you know. And yeah. then when I wrote the um, third one, George Turns Green, I mean, George has a lot of personality problems. Um, yeah. well. George turns, um, I just pointed out that when we brought brought the new pony home for our grandchildren, we brought this, I mean, all the ponies in the book are real. And when we brought Ebby home, he was not happy to see her. And it yeah. was a jealousy thing. And, yeah. um so you know, it's there. You know, children have to deal with a lot of issues nowadays. There's yeah, bullying, diversity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they you do. know, there's a lot of things out there nowadays, and um, heck, parents, adults have to deal with them. Well, you know, I was absolutely going to say that, but I think yeah, that's a whole other discussion. There's a lot because of bullying honestly, going on kids, on yeah, Facebook yeah. amongst. Adults, yeah. not, you know, yes. yeah. not just the kids, the adults yeah. themselves. Yeah. Now, yeah. I try, and, to, I try uh, to stay away from so, that. You know, like people that aren't on Facebook that I know personally, they just they think that, you know, everybody's out there putting everything out there. I put out my shows, my books, and I, you know, like and share things. That's it. I don't put anything that I need about my family because it's not that important to hear on there. And everybody puts things on. Not everybody, but so many people put way too much on there and say things that they could be sorry for later because it's not necessary. And they do, but mm-hmm. 
you know, as much as you tell people don't do this, they're still doing it. Yeah, That's true. I mean, they're just things I, I avoid. Um, but uh, I, yeah. I, I never talk politics on yeah, Facebook. Never, right. never, no, never. And I can't convince the person who's got their mind fixed. They're already their their mind is made in cement. They they've already made up their mind about politics. They're not going to change with what you say. That's right. It doesn't um, it doesn't matter. So just uh, don't even bother with it. You know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. like I said, uh, as far as the audio books are concerned. Um, you know, it's it, the narrator is very important. You have to have someone who's going to be able to yes. convey the story well. And that's why I think with children's important. books, and, and I think, you know, right. And, you know, I don't know. This is the thing. I think I mentioned this uh, several times on my shows, but I did not realize that Audibles allows you to have different people um, – narrating and i called them when i heard that and they said oh yeah we don't care and then i looked up like wizard of oz and some of these older books and and there are a lot of you know and because i thought it maybe wasn't right because i'm thinking like oh the person that narrated why would i have somebody else narrate it but then it it came to me the reason why because what i may like to hear somebody else may not like to hear and um maybe the voice bothers them where I like it. So I think that it's not a bad idea, and I may do that with some of my books because giving people a choice, you know, because they give a sample. So if they don't like what they hear, they won't buy the book. Oh, absolutely. What what I found is I agree with that. What I found in the classroom is that when it's a female teacher, the kids pay more attention to a male audio or a, a male person, and when it's a male teacher, the kids pay more attention to the female, and I haven't figured out why. Wow. It's a weird it's, pattern. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, well, talking about bullies, uh, what, what the neat thing that the school that I teach at, or used to teach at, does, is they have what they call a buddy bench. And the buddy bench means that if you sit down there and you're alone, you're looking for a buddy, and what's, what's fascinating is to watch pretty soon at recess or lunchtime, Somebody comes up and sits next to that person, and they just wow. start talking. And that's it's a buddy a bench. That's, and I thought, that's great. What, what an idea. What a beautiful idea to, to get somebody to start talking to somebody who doesn't have anybody to talk with. You know, and that, that could be applied to adults, too. When, when uh, adults are at places, you know, I mean, I am a person which, you know, people know like to talk. So I do talk to people. But then sometimes, you know, the person that's feeling alone might be happy to talk. So saying hello and striking up a conversation isn't always a bad thing, you know, and I think that sometimes people don't, and it might be good for both people to be talking to uh-huh. each other, you know. you Like you said, Cindy, uh-huh. I, I do watch, you know, I am, when I'm at places, I do, and I'm particularly listening to dialogue and how people talk and, you know, what words they use, you know, and so I I enjoy hearing other people and their stories, you know, because uh-huh. it just... It, it's, I think it's really great. That's one of the good things about the show is that you meet all these people and you meet people that you might never have talked to ever before. You're, we're all in different cities. And so it's always interesting to hear what people have to say. And at the end of the day, no matter who we are, we basically have something in common. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm one of those people that when I'm in the grocery store, 
Um, I, I, especially if I'm standing in a long line, I'm one of the, I'm like my dad. My dad was like this. He'd just turn around and start talking to the person behind him in the grocery line. And, um, you know, when, when he passed away, uh, we were at the funeral home and these three young women were kind of lingering in the door. And my brother came up to me and said, who are those young women? And we're talking you know, very young, late teens, early yeah. 20s, uh-huh. and I said, I have no idea who they are, Ronnie, and he said, well, I don't know who they are either. I said, well, I'll walk over and find out, and I went over, and I said, can I help you? And they said, well, we came to see Ron Scheibner, and I said, well, he's here, and I said, do you know him? And she said, oh, we work at the Stop and Go. He used to come <laughs> in every morning and buy coffee and tell us a joke. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's so nice. I mean, right. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It is really. You know, you never know anything like you know about your parents or your sisters or brothers or who they talk to until something happens. Then you might. You know, they may be doing that, coming there to see them, and you don't know who they are. You know. Right. And, and these they've had young girls in the middle of a snow. My dad's funeral was in the middle of a horrible snowstorm and those yeah. girls came out in the middle of yeah. an absolutely horrible night just to you know show him respect for someone that came in every day and bought coffee and told them a joke yeah that is that is that that's, that's a sweet that's wonderful. <laughs> and i think all those are moments that you know i, I noticed ron okay you hit Rich, you have now some ground from your father, but no, Rich. I noticed that you have so many books out there. I mean, and I, I used to be a faster writer, but I'm not as much anymore because um, I'm. I think about too many other things than I used to think of when I started writing. You know, um, when you, how long does it take you once you decide you want to write something? Usually takes me uh, a week to two to three weeks, depending on the story. Yeah. I've even done one story in two days because it was just meant so much to me. And it was just one of those, okay, I got to go. I got to go. And so my wife um, will be, I have a laptop. And so my wife will be uh, on the phone or she'll be watching television or she'll be doing something and uh, uh, I'll be writing away. And so it's, it's just, uh, I'm a two finger typist. And so I use power. I use PowerPoint because I use mm-hmm. clip art and I can layer my clip art and move it around. And yeah. I can, um, with PowerPoint, I can get it the right size, which is a little bit bigger than six by uh, nine. Cause I, I used to do five by eight, but I learned that most kids like six by nine. And I've done a couple of books, um, eight by 10 and, um, uh, eight and a half by 11, a couple of books on that. Um, but I find six by nine is usually the, the size kids like to hold and to carry and to, to work with. Yeah, see, I think, you know, that's a good idea. You know, because, like, I, I think sometimes, you know, naturally when I'm writing, I'm, I take – I do a lot of note taking and I just, you know, whenever I'm somewhere and I think of something or watching TV, I'm always writing notes about scenes. I I mean, I see things as screenplays because that's really how I started writing screenplays. So I, that's how I see it. But I think, you know, and I promised myself last month that I'm going to write some other children's books because I have it in my head. I just don't because I'm writing other books. But sometimes for me, I'm so involved in the characters that they start talking to me, so I don't want to confuse that by having other things, you know, other characters talk to me beside the ones I'm writing in a 
like let's say a you know a com- romantic comedy, you know. And so I I think though they have eighty books. That's a lot of books. Well, that mine are short real. books. I I only have like twenty four twenty four to thirty pages because. I, well, that's I, right. That's fine. Yeah. I like that format, and I, I, it's a format that does well for me. You mentioned yeah. clip art. You know, um, I, I think, you know, at the beginning when I said we did a lot of clip art, and then I used Mikey Brooks for um, my illustrations, but I think, you know, if what was unusual, and I feel, is that sometimes the clip art, nobody ever knew it was clip art. They just had no idea. Does How does anybody feel about that? I mean, that's a good way to do it. If you don't want to have an illustrator, Clip art is, I mean, there are really a lot of good pictures out there that people can well, use. I'm a retired yeah. teacher. And, no, mine and are I, I all done by an artist. Uh, Vicki Froelich does all of yeah. my drawings yeah. of George. And that's what takes the book so long. It takes me a, a year to produce a George book. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because wow. it takes a year yeah. to draw all those wow. fabulous, fabulous pictures that Vicki does. And, yeah. and what she does with George is... It shows. It doesn't even begin to show that woman's talent. That woman is yeah. so unbelievably talented wow. that George is basically like drawing, you know, stick stuff for her. She's just so fabulous. But it takes a long time to get all that detail together. So it takes like a year to produce a George book. Yeah, Mikey Brooks. I mean, he's yeah. also an author, illustrator, and I mean, he, uh, Virginia, my partner with the World of Ink. You know, when we were doing shows, uh, you know, I met him through her and he's got five kids and now he's a stay-at-home dad and he's got new books coming out and he illustrates uh, you know and he's really really good and he's done my logos you know but I also you know a lot of times for my covers I I find pictures it takes me forever but I do find pictures and Fidelity Publishing she puts it together you know really great because she was a graphic artist but there are so many ways that people can do things now you know where it can be less money for people if they do use clip art. So do you use a lot of, you use, are all your books clip art, Rich? Or? Uh, all of my books are, or they're uh, photographs. And the, yeah, uh, yeah. The, okay. I, I find uh, com has um, public domain uh, photographs and clip art. What's it called? And also, what was it? Uh, What's it called? Pixabay. Oh, Pix- Pixabay. Oh. P-I-X-A-B-A-Y. Pixabay. Yeah. Dot com and then, and they have a lot of uh, free clip uh, art, but then also I I purchase clip art uh, that's me too. going to fit yeah, with I the have story and I when I purchase the clip art I um, make sure it matches the story and then it's going to do what I want it to do and, and it, it, it yeah fits the way I want. yeah which which allows you then to do books faster right because you're just working with yourself there you know beside the editor right, yeah, you know or yeah. whatever but yeah but I, then it comes up, yeah. But I do a lot of editing, re-editing, and re-editing, and, and changing, and okay, I, okay, yeah. let's put this over here. Oops, I don't like that. Let's try this that way. Yeah. So you're always re-editing. Yeah. I think, you know, I I think that people don't realize that they can, you know, so if people are listening and they really have some words that they really think are great text, and, you know, if they can't afford to um, go to an illustrator, which some illustrators are very reasonable, you know, and I think people don't realize that there are a lot of illustrators out there that are reasonable. And Rich, you you have a lot of them on your on the site. We should mention the Facebook page. You want to talk about that for a minute because you have so many people on that page now, and um, each one brings more friends. 
and illustrators, oh, and, and, and you know, it's it's I'm, a I'm really in, good page. So, do you want to talk about that a little? I'm, I'm amazed. Because it's really yeah, I'm, I'm totally amazed. What what happened was I know. Um, I, a, a month ago or so, um, I started with two people, and I had books for children, and I started posting um, books that. Uh, I thought that the teachers could use in their classroom. And so I, I go yeah. to schools and I say, you know, uh, I have a group called books for children and it talks about books that are really successful with children. And so um, I, I do the, the old books as well as the new books. And then now I'm up to 650 yeah. uh, members and, and, but they're, and they're all phenomenal. They're, all, they're active. They're active. That's members. the thing. Yeah, yeah, and because and, 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 I belong to a lot of groups, but this is an active group of children's authors and publishers and illustrators. It's good. Cindy's on it too. Yeah, we're all on it. Yeah, I, you know. I joined about two weeks it, ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and what's what's neat, Cindy, is I had a a father send me a, a message saying that you changed how I teach my son reading, and I go, oh, how's that? <laughs> he said, my son hates reading he's always hated reading and you made a book uh, called um, uh, Johnny Appleseed in audio and I said yes he said my son listened to that and he read along with your book and now he wants to plant an apple tree in the backyard wow we have to get the directions and he has to follow the directions and he said you've motivated my son to read and and I, I realize now that for him, I have to get an audio book and a, the paperback book, both, so that he can interact with the pictures. See, that's really great. But he can you also, know, he listens. That's what's really good about that then. See, because, you know, and then there's this Magic Bean bookstore. She's got, she's a, uh, oh, an yeah. online bookstore, and she's terrific. I mean, I, you know, it's really a good group. And, you know, it's uh, the story that you said the last time you were on the show um, about if a child doesn't like reading, um, I think that was one that I keep talking about that, and I'm telling my friends this because the truth is, then you said, well, don't let them read that book. Get them something that they want to read. Don't make them read. Exactly. So I mean, get a magazine, uh, get a book that yeah. they're interested in. If they like skateboarding, get a book magazine about skateboarding. If they like horses, yeah. get a magazine about horses, and sit down with them as a parent. Uh, the parents have the main responsibility. Schools are secondary. But what they can do with schools is they actually can get what's called an IEP, Individual Education Plan. And what a parent can do is go have a conference with the teachers and the administrators and say, my child hates reading. I don't want Uh, you to force them to read. Waldorf schools do this. They don't teach reading to boys. Boys, uh, as a teacher, I had to help Uh, children overcome their hatred of reading. And so especially the boys. And so what I would do in my class is I'd have all kinds of magazines and all kinds of books. And uh, I had banker's box filled with books. And then I would say to the kids, okay, pick the book you want to read. And they'd go, really? We don't have to do the the, 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 yeah. the other book? And I said, nope, we're not doing the other book. You can do whatever book you want. And some kids would say, I, don't, I read real well, but I want to read an easy book. And I said, go ahead, read an easy book. Or some kids would say, I want to try a hard book this time. I'm going to go for a hard book. And then I would have them get up and talk about the book, what they liked and what they didn't like. And you would hear other kids say, raise their hand, say, I want to read that book after you. And what it was, was it was basically a book club of kids uh, talking with each other about books and, and, and motivating each other to read. 
they were doing the motivation. Uh, I was just simply a facilitator. I, I, I had them work together, but they had fun reading. And some kids, I would have, uh, in the, originally I had tapes, cassette tapes of children's stories. But then after a while, um, I got the, uh, uh, the audio books. And so those, those became valuable for the kids. And, and they would love to listen to audio books. But, you know, in, anything, I, every time I went shopping, I'd get a, a, a children's audio book for them to listen wow. to. Cindy, is there anything you want to ask? Cindy? Cindy? Um, Sorry, I dropped my phone. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, reading is so much, is so important for the kids. I, I, you know, I just can't, I I can't push that enough. You need to make sure the kids are reading. It's like you said, whatever their interests are. Yeah. I mean, I think that's you know, uh, and and all the kids seem to have different interests now. You know, uh, you know, I know a lot of little girls who, like you said, loves unicorns. I know my Abigail is just nutso about unicorns. So find books about unicorns. Mermaids. Mermaids seem to be a really big deal right now. You know, you know, it changes. It changes. You know, it does, and there are. Thousands and thousands and thousands of books out there. And see, that's the thing. You know, so, I mean, and if so, if there's children's authors listening today, if you want to be on the show, just let me know because I, I'm really, you know, uh, I'm, I'm feeling much stronger about this now because I've realized that how hard it is to get kids to read and to get their parents to keep buying them books because, and it doesn't have to be a book that they like, it should be what the children like to read. I mean, this is really good advice, Rich. I mean, I think, you know, uh, because sometimes people, uh, you know, people will say you need to read this. You have to read this. You need to. And kids, you know, you're right about boys because boys, a lot of boys don't. And a lot of boys do, which is really great. Since Harry Potter, I think that changed a lot of, you know, the, the way boys view books. You know, I agree. Uh, Harry Potter was the biggest godsend to my classroom. When my boys yeah. started reading Harry Potter and telling other yeah. boys about it, all of a sudden it was like, oh, I got to read that book. I got to read that book. And and yeah. it was I didn't have to do anything. The kids did it to each other. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. you know. All of those things, you know, really, it, and it does matter. And you know, and the fact is, if they're not enjoying the book, like what you said, you had said, don't make them finish it because they'll hate finishing it. You know, even though you want to, as a parent, say you should start and then you should finish something, but sometimes if it has the reverse, you know, and it makes them not like reading, then that's not a good thing. You know, because well, there's many books I haven't finished. Yeah, you know, yeah, a book I have started and I just yeah. did not enjoy right. it. And if if yeah. I don't enjoy the book, I, I, yeah. I'm not going to waste my mm-hmm. time with that book. I'm going to move on to something that I do enjoy because my time is so so. Um, I have so little time that if I, I I need to be enjoying what I'm reading. You know, and, and that's the thing. You know about okay. I'm gonna because as you brought that up, it brought to mind something. Okay, if somebody's reading a book and they don't like it, that's mm-hmm. fine. But don't give it a bad review. 
if you have no. finished exactly. that book. It is so, it is not fair to the author, and it really isn't. You know, and they may think it's cute when they write horrible things about a book, but it's not cute. Okay, and that author has worked hard, and there may be other reviews that are really good, but sometimes if you didn't finish reading the book, like I have looked on Goodreads, and I, which I, t- I say all the time, I try to go on to Goodreads, but I do not like it very much because it's. I think people get so confused on there, it's just so much going on, but the fact is people would say, I open the book and then I close the book. It was horrible. Uh-huh. I got, they never read in. They never read anything past the first page of somebody's book. I don't know whose it was, but it was. There was. I thought to myself, how terrible is that? So, what's the idea? The, see, children's books need a lot of reviews. Uh, they do need reviews, and the fact is that I'm sure each of you has gone through this. You give books to people, so I think one of the things that, as what authors really appreciate, is a review. One way or the other. Definitely. You know, we all need reviews. It's, you know, and I never really liked that so much, but I look so much at some books and I go, how did they get a thousand reviews? I mean, I don't understand it, you know. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand how they get a thousand reviews either because, I mean, uh, I I have one book that has 43 reviews, I believe, and that is the highest I have ever gone with yeah. reviews yeah. and a lot of my books have four and five reviews and that's it and and the children's books forget about it they have one or two reviews and that's but, it you know, they really, just, nobody you reviews them. A, i think it got out of hand where people think you need to have a lot i think my opinion is 10 is is enough and if you don't and if you don't have 10 you don't have 10 but i think that as authors, we make more of a deal about it than the people that are reading the book. But also, the one thing is, a lot of people read books, and especially children's books, they're short books. So if they could leave a review, it would be nice. It's yeah. not a bad thing. And I've had a lot of people say to me, I never even... I never even knew you were supposed to review a book, or I didn't I know. know. You yeah. know, people. There's a lot of people out there reading who have no yeah. idea you're supposed to leave a review. Because you know <laughs> why? Well, because I mean, they feel you know, that they're not a different. book reviewer. They feel they're not a book right. reviewer. That's right, and that's a hard thing to get across to people. They go, well, what should I write? I go, well, write whatever you want, you know, and I don't know who my some of these reviews are from, and I think what Amazon has started to do, they're taking off reviews of people that just because you know them. Well, then that's ridiculous, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it is ridiculous because I'll tell you what, I have a review on one of my books, one of my older books from the Unbridled series, so this is way a long time ago, and the review reads – I did not buy this book. I did not read this book. I just decided I don't like it. And they gave oh, me one that's star. Oh, terrible. Oh, my and God. And it's like, wait a minute. The person literally <laughs> said they did not buy it, nor did they oh read God. it, and yet Amazon has left that review there. Oh, my God. Oh my and God. it's like, yeah. I, I'm terrible. like, what? Yeah, but yet, that book that I told you that had 43 reviews, it actually should have about 52 reviews because they have removed reviews. Oh, they from do take out. Well, I know, I know. That they decided to say the person knew me, and actually the person did not know me. I you know. know. Do you notice you know, that? Do you notice that with getting book reviews, Rich? Results. I mean, that some of yours are yeah, gone? I, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've complained and, and had them put back on on some of them. Yeah. Others, it's just 
you just keep complaining and nothing, nothing happens. Um, right. I had one father. I said to him, I said, now, now have your child, have your child review the book. And he says, you mean you don't want me to review the book? I said, no, I want your child to review the book. Right. Tell yeah. you, have your child tell you what they think and you can type it in. Oh, I thought I had to. And I said, no, you want your child to, uh, to, to criticize and to, to uh, critique and to, to, to make comments about the book to see so they can learn to evaluate and, and to yeah. and to judge. And make I know there's something so wrong with that system. I know. I, I mean, it really is bad, you know, because I, I, you know, you can't help but look and you go like a thousand reviews. I'm going and like, really? I mean, the fact of the matter is there, I, I would doubt. I'm not saying everybody, but I would doubt that most people will not read a thousand reviews. Okay, there's just no way. You know, if I saw a book, maybe I'd read five, six. I would not read like even fifty. Uh-huh. You know, I mean that's just the truth. And I don't. I think most people, there's no way they don't even care what the reviewers say. But the author, it can really destroy an author. I've seen people. Leave writing, which is another reason I do these shows, to make people hear that other people are going through things. Because if someone leaves you a bad review, just move on. Right. Let that be your last book. I mean, just go right ahead and write. You know. I had one person person leave a review that was actually helpful. And so I changed my book, went back and changed my book, republished it under a different name, and wow. now I get positive reviews. So I actually, See, one good. review that somebody left for me was that's valuable. Great. And okay. I said, oh, that's they're good. right. I shouldn't do that. And so okay. I actually uh-huh. That's really good. So, I mean, I think there's all kinds of things that, you know, that need to be changed in that. And I don't think Amazon is changing it. So I think that if, you know, the more we can tell people that, yeah, even if you just say you like the book and, you know, you'd buy it for your children or you'd buy it for a friend, you know, this is a good thing. So I think if people are listening to this, you know, if somebody gives you a book or if you buy the book, just leave a review. A small one would be good, you know, and in, and like, Rich, what you're saying, if it's not a good review, then maybe a person will learn from that about something that their book doesn't have or needs to have or, or just they won't change it at all, you know. It, that's how it is. But we like to hear, and, you know, also I think one of the things that authors love to hear is somebody talk about their book in a good way and mention the characters. You know, it's the best feeling for an author, when somebody says, uh-huh. I like this character, and, you know, it makes it all worthwhile because you, if this is what we're writing for, so somebody enjoys what we write. I mean, that's, right. that's my the sister-in-law was, was on an airplane on her way home from Los Angeles. She was out there for a convention, and she was reading one of my romantic suspense books. And the woman across the aisle from her looked over and she said, what, excuse me, what are you reading? And she showed her the book. She said, Into the Crossfire. She said, oh, my God, I know that author. I've read her books. I love her books. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that so exciting? That makes you feel so good. Now, recently, I was in Mexico, and I went on a um, snorkeling excursion. I was out snorkeling, and we were sitting (laughs) waiting for something to happen, and a woman asked me what I did for a living, and I told them, and they asked me what, and I mentioned the Fiona Quinns, and both women brightened up and said, we've read those books. So that yeah. makes you yeah. feel good as an author when somebody, and you're not I anywhere know. near from home, says, I know. I've read your book. <laughs> it is weird. You know, I was at a meeting yesterday and in my office building, and then somebody said, oh, you know, 
uh, is that the book I voted for? I go like, what do you mean? I, I didn't even know. And there were two men, and I'm going like, they voted for me because I there was a contest, and I went, oh my god, I had no idea. So I mean, I'm like, was so happy, you know. And I had no idea, you know. But you see, that's the thing. We don't know, and that's the good thing about writing, is that we don't know who's reading it, and it does affect other people's lives. So it's so nice, you know. I mean, those are the things that authors love. You know, and yeah, I think we I, don't hear enough of it. No, yeah, we I don't. Parents, I, to I, I, I had to read my book for two weeks um, every night, the same book to my child, your book, because that was their favorite book, and they yep. kept asking for that book for two weeks. So exciting. And, the, and they would um, make all the sound of the farm animals in your book. It, it's the kitten who didn't know how to meow, and it has farm animal sounds. And they would make... They learn to read when they're doing the book. They're five years old. And at the end of the book, they would jump up and down cheering. He would jump up and down cheering because the kitten found its mother. And he, she said, uh, for two weeks. <laughs> you know, all of these things are so much fun. All right, so all right, we're almost at the end of the show, so I want uh, you both to uh, say where they can reach you. Rich, where can they reach you besides being on Facebook? But also say the name of the page again so people can hear that it's on facebook group called uh, books for children and that's the main way uh, i don't mind people calling my cell phone um if, if i can give my cell phone number um and because what i've learned to do is i i block the ones that aren't appropriate and the ones that are i i, I we have a discussion because i usually just wow. put it on messenger and re- listen to what the message says so if the right. message just seems positive fine if it's all negative uh, no thank you i just block them so right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> you're brave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but my wife says the same thing too. She says, "Is that another?" And I said, "Yeah, but that one was a good uh, one." <laughs> yeah. So it's two zero nine nine one eight two five three four. If they want to call, my email is teachers t e a c h e r s ask at yahoo dot com. And there's a joke that goes with that. The kindergarten boy is looking forward all summer long to school. And the day of kindergarten, he comes home and he throws down his lunch pail and he throws down his his coat. And the mother says, what's the matter, Johnny? I thought you were all excited about school. And he says, I thought that teacher was going to teach me something. But all she does is ask questions. Doesn't she know anything? That's my favorite joke. You know what? I you know I gotta say something. But I would like to have had a teacher like you. I think it would really have been good. I don't remember teachers like you. You know, because actually it makes, you know, I'm sure that your the kids that you've taught, you've made a difference in their lives. I really can tell you that, you know, and that, that matters, you know. I right, had Cindy? fun. And, and oh, oh, yeah, fun. You, it seems like you did have fun. <laughs> Cindy? Uh, well, of course, you can catch me on uh, on Facebook, author C. S. McDonald and Twitter at CS McDonald seven and um and my website www.csmcdonaldbooks.com. All right, and you can reach me at marciacasperquick.com and michiganavenuemedia.com. And um, I thank you both very much. It was a great show, and it's really good to have these children's shows because I really think it will matter out there when people are wanting to write children's books and, you know, also people that want their, you know, to read more children's books and get the audios because, you know, they offer that at Amazon. It's a 
you get the you can buy the book and the audio too. So that's a good thing. So I think parents should look into that because it it could change the way your child understands a book. Mm-hmm. It, you know. Yes. And I think it, it's a really yeah. a big help. All right. And thank you all for listening. And so have a great day. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye.